0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to
1: your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: You're listening to The Wes and Walker Show. Here are the two bad ones. Because you're an offensive lineman. (laughs) Because you're a left tackle. There's Uh a couple that pertain there. What about the offensive grapple?
2: It's Wes. No, hell no. Yeah, that's not that. That's awful. That sounds like something your grandmother would come up with. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the offensive grapple. Yeah, I'm not even walking out to that.
0: And Walker. This one's even worse than offensive grapple. Okay. All right, you ready? Wesselmania.
2: Yeah. Mm. No, hell no. Yeah,
0: that's not good. <sighs> I'm embarrassed to even bring that to the airwaves. Yeah. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Oh, that's fire. I don't care who you say.
2: <laughs> Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show on a Tuesday. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Hit that follow button on the socials, folks. We stay coming with the content. We had not cooked up anything today, though, but maybe I'll think of something before the show is over with. WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram at Brian underscore 72 at HTB underscore Josh at Walker Mail and most importantly, at Wesson Walker on Twitter, we're over 1,000. Help us get to 2,000. Can you be the one that helps us get to 2,000? That is your duty uh, out there. But without further ado, let's get to the Kona. the campus corner. All right. We talked about it before the break. The other Carolina, the South Carolina Gamecocks, time to show them some love. They are getting it done. They've had two top 10 wins in January, beating number six, Kentucky, at number five, Tennessee, this season. They've entered three of its last four games as underdogs, including against Georgia, the game that they played on Saturday afternoon. They took care of the Bulldogs. They are 17-5 and five against the spread for you gambling guys out there. At 19 wins in February, it's the fourth biggest win improvement in USC basketball history. They have already won eight more games than last season. The record is an 11-game difference. They're now on their third five-game win streak of the season and first in SEC play since 2016-2017. They take on Ole Miss tonight, and they are led by Meachie Johnson, who's leading the team and scoring at around 15 a game, B.J. Mack and Talon Cooper. What do we think about the South Carolina Gamecocks? Is this a team to be reckoned with, and is this a team that we could see deep? Into March. uh, Look, if they're going to
0: beat Kentucky and Tennessee in two of their three games, on the road at Tennessee at that. And then we have to consider them a real threat once they get to the NCAA tournament. Now, I don't know about title contender, but they are going to be a team that is going to be maybe a popular squad to say, hey, they battled in what is a tough SEC. They beat Kentucky. They beat Tennessee, as you mentioned, on the road. We'll see what they can do once they get to the SEC tournament. But that might be a popular squad that people around the country will pick to go to maybe a Final Four, but also maybe even just Sweet 16 for sure. What South Carolina do- is doing right now is really impressive. And so, yeah, they're they're absolutely deserving of all of the credit. Eleven and one at home, too. Like you just don't lose in Columbia. Yeah, South Carolina
2: deserves all the love. Yeah, they definitely do. Fitty. What do you think about the game, Cox? How good is this team?
3: Well, I mean, you know, you don't you don't go to Tennessee and hold them to fifty nine points by accident. You don't blow out Kentucky the way you did unless you're a quality team. Lamont Paris has done a really good job. He grew up in that Bo Ryan system. Getting the right transfers into Columbia, making the most out of what he's been given to work with, and they're gonna be a tough out because what does tra- what, what travels more in basketball than LeBron James? Defense, and <laughs> so no matter where they go, they're going to defend. So they're you know, that's not the most exciting brand of basketball to watch. It's their version of Virginia and the SEC, but it works for them, and it's fun seeing Gamecock fans excited about something uh, more than just football.
2: Perfect segue, because uh, don't look now, folks, but here they come. Sitting there at number two in the ACC right now is none other than the Virginia Cavaliers. They dominated the Miami Hurricanes last night. The pack line is back, all right? They held the king to 29% shooting from the field, 10% from three. Miami shot two of 20 from three against the Cavaliers. Nine assists, six and 11 turnovers, excuse me, they forced on the Canes. Reese Beekman led the team in scoring with 16 points. And this is a team that you're not going to look up and down this roster and see NBA talent. You're not going to look up and down this roster and see a juggernaut of just great scorers is Reese Beekman, Jake Groves, and then a bunch of other guys that just make plays. Ryan Dunn's another guy. McNeely's been getting the job done for them. But what do we make about Virginia in this resurgence? This was a team that a lot of people counted out, including myself with the start that they've had. But right now in this seven game win streak, they're 13-0 at home. They look like Virginia is going to be a factor in the ACC yet again. It was a team I was high on and then
0: completely jumped off of the ship because how can I not when you lose by 20 to Wisconsin, you lose by 20 to Memphis on the road, you lose by 20 to Notre Dame. If they lost, it was going to be a beatdown. In fact, let's go to every single one of their five losses that they have. Five losses ain't too many. But if you go to all of them, all of them are around 20 points. It's actually ridiculous. But here they are on, what, a seven-game winning streak now? They continue to just beat the teams they're supposed to. And then the close ones, like the last two, I think that's what really allows us to focus on Virginia. It's the fact that you get the win on the road against Clemson, which could have gone either way. And then you get the win big time, over 20 points, holding the Hurricanes to 38 points. My girlfriend asked me if that was real yesterday, if that was just a first-half marker. That was a real question she asked me. But no, Virginia held Miami to just 38 points throughout 40 minutes of basketball. Tony Bennett's too good of a coach. To allow the bad culture to just set in and just ride this thing out for the rest of the season. And you lose by 20 a lot. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you get over it if you're playing for Tony Bennett, and then you find a way to get back to the NCAA tournament. And we've seen years where they've struggled before, but I just, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt to figure it out, even if you lose some talented players. And that's what they're doing right now at Florida State, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, at Virginia Tech. They don't have another ranked opponent part of that is because of the disrespect the acc is coming their way but they don't have another ranked opponent until north carolina Mm -hmm. on february 24th like they could continue to rattle off win after win after win and be a team that the acc banks on to make the big dance pity
2: the cavaliers are coming to see you guys february 24th i know that's a long ways away but they are two games out of first in the acc are you worried a little bit about tony bennett and the wahoo
3: i mean you got to be when they're playing at the level that they're playing right now and it's the only game that you have against them so the tiebreaker could go their way which is why there's pressure on carolina to have a two-game lead between the two schools when they meet in february 24th that game in charlottesville carolina has only won there once or has it won there in a decade and, and so um you know there's there's going to be a lot of pressure there I'm not ready to cement that they're the second best team in the ACC. I still think Duke is the best is the second best yeah, team in the conference, that. but it could be one and two when those two teams tangle and um, needless to say I don't wanna have to swear out Tony Bennett again on my television. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully first place isn't on the line in that one.
2: Well on January sixth, North Carolina held the Clemson Tigers to a season low fifty-five points and a ten point win. At Clemson, They're coming off a week where Harrison Ingram was named co-ACC player of the week following his performances against Georgia Tech and Duke. North Carolina's number seven in the country in defensive efficiency and number 21 in offensive efficiency. And they've held ACC opponents to a paltry 38.7% from the floor, 26.8% from three-point range. Why do I bring up all of these things? Because tonight Clemson is coming in to the Dean Dome, they're 23 and 136 all time against North Carolina, including 1 and in 60. In games played in Chapel Hill, including 1 and in 29 at the Smith Center, their lone win came in 2020. They won 79-76 in overtime. Do we think that the Tigers are going to be able to come in there And put the heels on upset alert.
0: It's the classic radio cliche analysis thing to do. After or before a big emotional game, you often will chalk up a loss because you're focused on something different. Perhaps they lose to Clemson, but I'm not going to chalk it up to North Carolina not being ready. I just think they play too hard. Two out of three? I just don't think they, it would be. I just don't, I think they play too hard for this to be some kind of letdown because of effort. Harrison Ingram ain't going to allow them to play without any effort. R.J. Davis is not going to allow them to play without any effort. Even somebody like Trimble or Cadeau, who also plays real hard, that's not going to be the reason why. If you look at R.J. Davis... The lowest point total that he's had since reaching conference play and really since the beginning of the season, the lowest point total he had, it was against Clemson. He only scored 14 points in that game. He was under 40% from the field, shot five of 13, two of five from three-point range, but still not a lot of volume. And Armando Baycott and RJ were both the leading scorers for that squad at 14 points a pop. I wonder if RJ... Has a bounce back game against the Tigers to where remember 17 against Duke, but still you know struggled at least in the first half. Do we get something big from RJ or does Clemson hold him to something below his average again? And you have to rely on others to win that game again. I still think North Carolina wins, but I'm interested to watch RJ Davis tonight.
2: Clemson is three and four in quad one games and is tied for third among ACC teams with three quad one wins. North Carolina and Duke each have four fifty. What is going to happen tonight? with Clemson and the Tar Heels?
3: I think what's happened most times when Clemson visits Chapel Hill, I think they <laughs> play hard. I think they compete because they need a win like this to really solidify themselves as an NCAA tournament team. They've got the wins over Bama. they got the wins over South Carolina. They're really helping their, their tournament standing. But, when you look at the ACC's reputation if you're below 500 in the conference, it's hard to envision a way to you make in the big dance so you need a win like over Carolina to really solidify yourselves. I shall see it happening man like like Carolina they're, they're hungry um, and I think when you're the fifth oldest team it's easier to celebrate the win over Duke enjoy that win over Duke but they were back on the court on Sunday and on Sunday they were getting ready for Clemson and they've
2: got more talent they're deeper they're better. I think Carolina wins. Yeah, I agree with you guys, too. I just think this team is focused. They went through the adversity of last year, and I think that they know now, you know, this is a team that they're going to be able to get through the adversity. So I think they're focused. I think they handle business. And lastly, I'm holding on, baby, but we jumped up into the 30s in Kempong, okay? The Deeks are still holding on. And they got a big one tonight at Georgia Tech. We know how dangerous the Yellow Jackets are. My buzz buzz could end up getting reversed on me tonight uh, if they're not able to go in there. But this one will put the Deeks at 7-4 in the ACC. They're 14-7 overall. Georgia Tech leads the series 46-42. They've split the last four matchups. And Wake Forest has won the two most recent in January 22nd by 26 points and in February of 2023 by a measly point. Wake's win in 2022 was their first inside of McCamish. How worried are we about the Deeks going on the road? Man, look, I'm gonna have some faith in the Demon Deacons. I know that Georgia Tech has beaten Duke and Carolina on that floor, but Lord, please, I'm I'm holding on by a thread. Please go get a win on the road. Let's get the job done. I'm going with the Deeks tonight. Let's get it. They're 12-0 at home, but one and five on the road. Hopefully, there'll be two and five once it's all over with.
0: The good news for Wake Forest, as we talked about before, the schedule, it does bring tough competition, which is what you need and you need to beat that tough competition in order to get to the NCAA tournament, which is clearly the goal. You have two more games against Duke and that's before you even get to the month of March and then of course the ACC tournament. That game on the road against Virginia, now that has some weight attached to it. So it's nice for you guys that the Cavaliers are continuing to win because you still have a game against the Cavaliers and you already beat them by 20. So big deal for Wake Forest. If you can sweep Virginia in the regular season and then you can win -win one of those games against Duke. You beat Georgia Tech tonight. You beat NC State. Then we're talking about Wake Forest back on track. But there's still a lot of work to do. At least there is opportunity for Wake. And you can't lose this one. If you lose this one, then, yeah, I I, I don't imagine you'll be in the top 30 of Ken Palm anymore.
2: Vidi, are you going to come in here and uh, you know those um, outfits that beekeepers keep when they have a bunch of bees and they got to go out there and open up the box Beekeeper and suit. fly all over them? Yeah. Are you going to come in there with that tomorrow if the Deeks aren't able to get it done? And do you think that they will?
3: No, I wouldn't do that to you well. Uh, but I do want Georgia Tech to win just because I don't want to have to put a Wake Forest grad back in their place about them beating Georgia Tech who beat North Carolina, but we beat Wake Forest by 21 points. So I do hope Georgia Tech gets another home upset uh, on their home
2: floor. All right. Well, there you have it. When we come back, will Bryce Young and Dave Canales' attitude alone take this team to new heights? That and more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Also with us talking about all of the hot teams in North Carolina. The App State Mountaineers, who we talked about last week and gave a lot of credit to as well. They won eight straight. They took care of business against Georgia Southern. So they're balling too, man. We got a lot of teams in North Carolina we can we end are. up seeing. In that bracket.
0: Yeah, we we do have a lot of teams that are balling in the Carolinas. App State, Charlie, making sure that we talk about App State. Is App and State a bracket buster? I it's, mean, I no gonna... hate. Oh, no, I, they might be. And it's no hate to App State, man. We're just trying to go down. You know, we got to talk about Charlotte after a monster win, after what they did over the weekend. You know, South Carolina having beat Tennessee, that's a big win. North Carolina, Duke, it is, I would say, maybe the biggest rivalry in sports. And so, yeah, we're going to be focusing on that. But no, no hatred towards app state app state is balling right now and they deserve some love well no i do about hate
2: it. app but i'll still talk That's about them and do it. my duty <laughs>
3: um I, I did i did want to bring this because yesterday we were talking about the ratings and stuff and how carolina duke maybe isn't covered the way it used to be yeah second highest rating uh sporting event over the weekend well i, I was only trailing the freaking pro bowl who the hell watched that crap on sunday I watched a little
0: bit. There's a reason people still do this thing, man. <laughs> There's a reason that everybody complains about the Pro And they Bowl. had a good
2: crowd out there, too, man. You just talk about putting all those NFL – it just shows you the NFL rules. People are always going to be hungry for football no matter how they can consume it. There was no football on Sunday. People wanted to see their favorite players play 7-on-7, and I can't blame them. I watched about 10 minutes of it. I was out and about doing stuff. Otherwise, I probably would have watched most of the game.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. People (laughs) wouldn't complain about the Pro Bowl, but the NFL is like, all right, guys, we kind of have to do this because we keep making money off of it. So just come here to Orlando, come to Vegas, come to Hawaii, we'll do some stupid football games, and
2: we'll see what we can do. But people are watching it, so we don't have a choice. And when they used to be in pads, I ain't even going to lie, I watched it every year. I still did. There was no football on. There was nothing on at 3 o'clock. I'm turning on the Pro Bowl. What I mean, I would
0: mean? I would watch it if I literally
2: had nothing else it's to do. It's good background stuff, you know what I'm saying? If you're right. just chilling, it's something That's to fine. have on, and you can glance up at it every now and again, take your nap, by, do all that.
0: By no measure is it appointment television, though. No,
2: Zero, no, 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 no. It was more so back in the day when yeah. they were really playing hard, you mm-hmm. know, Cause especially to see the rookies. Like, back in the day, I remember wanting to watch Steve Marshall Falk and his Pro Bowls and – watching Randy Moss and his first Pro Bowl, stuff like
0: that. But I did want to touch on Fiddy's point again. I, I was ready to see what the ratings were going to be when we were having this conversation on Monday. All right, is this is this going to happen where the ratings come out? Everybody was talking about it. it. It felt bigger.
2: It did. It did feel bigger this year than it did after the Final Four when people thought that it was over with because Carolina had settled it. You can't say
0: anything around that, man. You can't do it. Fiddy's going to laugh at it. It felt bigger. Couldn't, couldn't, oh, couldn't hold, couldn't hold his laughter in. couldn't do it. Take just, us away, just man. <clears throat> just go where. Like I wanted to. Have, no, we're done. We're done talking about the big game because if I say that word, then we're going to be laughing from behind the ones and twos. Sorry, no. Nope. Hey, Wes, take us away
2: real quick. As I uh, get ready to embark upon this topic that we're going to talk about, I do see an advertisement on my page right now, Walk. I feel like this is something you would be very excited about. Do you know that Lunchables is now making a grilled cheese that you can put in the microwave?
0: Fitty looked at me. In a sagebrush type of way. (laughs) Seems like you are way more excited about this than I am. Crispy
3: Lunchables Crispy Grilled Cheese. Yeah, Wes, we might have to save this topic for the next segment or later in the show. Um, (laughs) I'm intrigued. Lunchables were goaded for me growing up as a kid. The pizza one or the little ham and cheese Lunchable. But now you're telling me I can make a grilled cheese? Yeah. It's crispy.
2: Do you have to... Do you have to do anything to it? I think it's fine. Oh, I'm looking at it now. They got the little video that comes with. I think you just put it in a microwave on some type of tray. I don't know if it's provided (sighs) inside
0: of it. That's what I'm saying. Look, look, I'm sorry. Okay. I know it is just the highest level of laziness possible. I get that. But this is why Lunchables are created. It's for me to be able to eat it wherever on the go. And if I gotta have a microwave to eat my lunch bowl, I'm good. Y'all can have it.
2: Is the grilled cheese the goat last resort meal? Because that's something no. that I go eat when I don't have a ton, or it's not. A, and I'm saying like it's not a ton in the refrigerator necessarily that I want to eat like that. And I'm like, well, I just have a grilled cheese and some chips.
0: PB and J is my last resort goat meal.
2: See, that's a. I, I can see it being that, but that's high priority for me. Like, I seek out a peanut butter and jelly. Like, I'll be sitting there, and there will be no debate. I'm like, I'm about to go in there and make me a, a peanut butter and jelly, some chips.
0: You're arguing that it's too good to be last resort, is what you're saying. Is that what well, you're arguing?
2: Well, I know for grill, for PB&J, that's a that's a priority meal for me. Like, I will have it in my head. I want a pb and J. I don't care what I got in there. I'm eating a PB&J. Grilled cheese is also something I enjoy, but it's more times than not, when I eat it, it's because I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well— I ain't got a ton in there that I really want to eat and I don't feel like cooking anything big. Let me just throw a grilled cheese on and have that. In some grilled stuff. cheese is great. I think
0: grilled cheese, you can expand upon it way too much for that to be a last resort meal.
2: Mm. People will spice that thing up. I've seen so many iterations of it now. Yeah. So so now
0: it's even, I mean, we even got poppy queso out here creating the grilled cheese and having a whole chain store because of it. PB&J, That's still last resort. I don't see people messing with the PB&J like that. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but nobody is messing and getting too crazy with the PB&J like people are with the grilled cheese where you have different kinds of cheeses. You can cook it a couple of different
2: ways. I've done that. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
3: Hang on.
2: How do you cook it differently if it's a grilled cheese? But I've done it to where like if I've got provolone, I've done it with two cheeses. I've done provolone and cheddar. Or if I have just provolone or some Swiss or something, I'll mix up the cheese. As Hurricane Hugo says, uh, but you got to use block cheddar cheese, not the slice crap. I disagree with that. Uh, Sargento slices cook pretty good. I, I do like those. Yeah. <laughs> I love Sargento. Yeah, Sargento cheese. slices cook pretty well. 803 number says grilled cheese takes longer. It's faster to make a PB&J. I love both. Yeah, you text. do have to wait on it just a little bit. It's a good text
0: because if we're going last resort, then you're also even to say, hey, I'm hungry. I need to make something real quick, and then I need to be on my way. I ain't got time to cook a grilled cheese. I'm going to get the peanut butter, the jelly, the bread, make it, bam, it's done, and then we can take that on the go. Even That's though all it
2: takes it. is just once you get the skillet height, you're good to go because it's only going to take about two minutes on each side depending on how dark you want it. That's true, but then if you're going to make a
0: real grilled cheese, then you got to get the butter out too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what know I'm saying? And like, the see. mayonnaise,
2: do you not mayonnaise your bread? Oh, yes, I do. See? I said, see Fanny talk about stuff that's disgusting and nasty, and then he says something like that. Right, I'm not no, gonna no. diss it and say it's disgusting and nasty. No, but he's that's, right. That's different.
0: No, but, he's right. But, no, this is this is the thing to do, and this is why I stand by this take. Nobody dislikes mayonnaise. You just like the you dislike the amount.
3: No, okay, that See, is the take. You just said you like, like it. No, you I, just I, said it. I don't like mayonnaise, but you can't have a proper Southern uh, grilled cheese sandwich unless you, unless you mayonnaise the bread because you can't taste the mayonnaise once you grill it. But you like like if, if you no, don't, why do, do you put it, it on? That's no, I say because it's point? just something that you do. <laughs> I have I have sent it back, or I, I'm not <laughs> it back. I've had my mom remake my grilled cheese because she did not mayonnaise the bread. Dang. Like because You have you to put it the di- mayonnaise
0: on there. Because it, exactly. Because it tastes different. I'm totally with you. I love that we get this particular text from somebody named Possum Brian. <laughs> this is what I love about our show and specifically our listeners. Put Duke's mayo on one side of each piece of bread. It makes it wonderful. Possum Brian, that man knows how to make a good grilled cheese. Uh,
2: uh, Sweet Cheeks says grilled <laughs> cheese. I know you were going to start laughing. Degenerate uh, it says grilled cheese, cheddar, bacon, and tomato. I mean, that's a little fancy. But you see, know, you that's gotta what cook I'm. The you, bacon. And-
3: that's a Willie P grilled
2: cheese. That's yeah.
0: A- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my point. Is that you can go crazy with the grilled Seriously? cheese. You can keep it simple. You can, but you can expand upon it. A bunch of different ingredients you can throw in there. PB and J. I saw somebody said they grilled a PB and J. That sounds good.
2: That sounds I've good. I've done that before. Really? The only thing about it. The only thing about it that I don't necessarily care for is hot peanut butter. Like, the taste of hot peanut butter. It's decent, but I'd rather have my peanut butter room temperature. Mm-hmm. And and you can do that, but that's why I'm
0: going last resort. There's nothing real, like, you're, you're going to even, if, especially if you watch the Food
2: Network, and then it's like, oh, okay, I can get a little crazy with my Japanese grilled cheese. Man. PB&J, everybody knows how to make it. For 980 number says Japanese mayo. Where the hell you get that? Game changer for grilling bread. What I don't where know, would I get Japanese though. mayo? I'd love to try it too, but I'm like, where? It looks like you have to,
3: well, no, Walmart has it. It's, uh, all right, how do you, I think you pronounce it. It is spelled pie? That's
2: not bad. <laughs> <laughs> pie mayonnaise? Sure, that's what we'll call it. All right, well, uh, it, There's no way to segue the Panthers' uh, conversation here, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Uh, You know what puts
0: me in a good mood? (laughs) A grilled cheese. You know what else would put me in a good mood? Dave Canales fixing Bryce Young.
2: There you go. And maybe cooking the guys a grilled cheese before the game or something like that. I'm sure there are Panthers that eat grilled cheese sandwiches. um, So we, we teased before the break talking about the positivity, and we know what Bryce Young brought to the table, and we know the power of positivity. As long as it's not overly done or fake, It can have wonders, uh, do wonders on a team. And so when you look at what Baker Mayfield had to say about Dave Canales, he said, quote, he's an unbelievable guy, somebody that is truly authentic and optimistic about everything, that it brings a different aspect of football. And he said it's rare, first guy I've ever been around and shows up with the same positive attitude every single day, and it doesn't waver at all. They're going to get a guy that his infectious personality, it's going to go throughout the building. And so that begged the question, you're going to get positivity coming from your head coach. You're going to get a lot of positivity coming from your quarterback. And and, and I especially took this to heart from Bre- Baker Mayfield because we know Baker Mayfield, man. He's a smart aleck. He's petty. He's definitely one of those guys that's going to sniff out fake or sniff out corny in a heartbeat and call you on it or pick at you about it. So for him to feel the way he feels about Canales, that lets you know just how real that is and how much it resonated with him. And so I asked the question, You know, how much do we like this and how far do we think that this can lift the Panthers up when you have this type of positive leadership coming from your quarterback and your head coach?
0: I think you need all the positivity that you can get, especially with what happened last year. So if Dave Canales comes in with a good attitude, I think most people will respond to it. And this is what I meant when we were at the introductory press conference and I was expecting something a little more emphasized from Dave Canales. It wasn't too much positivity where he was annoying which can absolutely happen. All right, hey, let's just, you know, cool it, all right? It's not a situation where I need you to be all sunshine and rainbows. He wasn't that. He was just upbeat. He was confident in his own ability. Morning. And he also, yeah, good morning. (laughs) As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, we're about to get crazy positive, dude. Social media, he's clearly very positive. But throughout that introductory press conference, I thought, yeah, he's not, this isn't over the top. This is totally fine. This is what I want even from a head coach that also isn't trying to sugarcoat anything, right? I think there's a difference. You can have have positivity, but you also can have that and not sugarcoat anything like he realizes that there's a lot of work to do. And he goes through some of the steps that he's willing to reveal and not give the secrets all to the NFC South, but he's not sugarcoating anything. He's not BSing you either. And I think that's the difference. I'm not going to bring you all of this. Hey, hurrah, rah, everybody. This is going to be the greatest day of all time. Beautiful weather. We're having, right? It doesn't have to be that when it's raining, Like he's not going to tell you that, but he is going to work through the rain and bring the best situation to the football team as possible.
2: Yeah. So when you look at it, man, I I really believe in the power of perception. Uh, it was a chapter in 50 Cent's last book, and I thought it was outstanding. It's talking about how, you know, you can make things look a certain way and the power of perception on people and how you can utilize that. And so I say that to say there's six new playoff teams every year on average in the NFL. And so when you have the type of positivity that these two guys have, that can permeate through a team. We know all about losing culture. We just heard Terry Rozier talk about that going to Miami. But when you talk about the perception of the Panthers coming into next season, people are going to look at them as bottom of the bin. They're going to look at them as a team that's got no shot at going to the playoffs. But there's six new contenders every year. There was some team that nobody thought was going to make the playoffs that makes it. There are multiples of those teams. And so for the Panthers coming into next year, we know that's the perception they're going to have. People are going to look at them and be like, man, they got no shot. They can't do anything. They are just absolute garbage. And so I think that when you have a head coach, especially if you can make the requisite moves, and it doesn't have to be just wholesale changes everywhere. You can come back with the majority of guys and then insert some new pieces in key places. And when you have a head coach that's positive and you've got a quarterback that's positive, man, that – that definitely has an effect on a locker room and it has an effect on mentality. And we know we hear people say all the time in sports that it's 90% mental, 10% physical. And it is big. If you start to develop a losing mentality, just like at wake forest, we had gotten to a point to where towards the end of my time there, we didn't, we weren't trying to hear anything. The coaches were trying to say, everything went in one ear and out the other, but we also didn't have a ton of positivity like that. We were more so kind of not like threatened in a bad way, But we remember walking into the locker room, (laughs) walking into the weight room, and they would have the message on the screen saying the beatings will continue until morale improves. And I'm like, that's not how you, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how you get a team to start believing in themselves. And so I think when you got a guy like Canales and a guy like Bryce Young that brings what they're bringing, I think that that can change the perception of this team inside and out. And they could end up doing some things that people don't expect them to do.
0: I was listening to Bobani Jones yesterday. And he brought up Brandon Miller with the Charlotte Hornets. And he brought up, there's always those dudes that come from the NFL or the NBA draft that are winners their entire life. And then they go to a sorry team and they start losing a ton and they don't know how to deal with it. And he was saying, Brandon Miller's going through that right he now. He
2: looks like that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the perception you get when you watch him play. When you're Brandon Miller and it's like, wait,
0: all I've done is be successful throughout AAU. I was the number one seed. I was the number one overall seed going into the NCAA tournament. And now here I am with 10 wins. All we do is just go on long losing streaks. We win a game and then we go on another 7-8 game losing streak. There's always that guy that just is trying to be upbeat and then it's time to either take over or that it just saturates you. The bad feelings, the negativity just saturates you. And that's what happened with Bryce Young it looked like. Because in the first half, Bryce Young seemed like a different dude. And in the second half, how many times did you see him with what seemed like a defeated look?
2: Slamming iPads. pads. Yeah. Helmets, I, you know, unfortunately, cussing. two of the top
0: Alabama draft picks that we've had in each of these sports have had to go to a situation where they lose a lot. Both Bryce Young and Brandon Miller. Now, maybe it's easier for Brandon Miller to show that in a better way because he can have a larger effect on the team by playing better, like, and he's not even going to win, but Brandon Miller's playing a lot better than what Bryce is. A lot of things have to go well for Bryce young to play well too. And he's got to do better. Offensive line has to do better. Wide receivers can't drop the ball. If he delivers it on target, it's not too late in Bryce Young's career to get rid of all that negativity that he experienced last season. And in fact, look, David Tepper gets a lot of criticism because of how many guys that he's fired and not allowing them to keep a job for a long time. I've always fought against that just a little bit. It's not the firing I have an issue with. It's the bad hires that he makes in those times because he kept on to Ron Rivera. Rivera told you he gave him enough time. Rivera hopped on this show right here and said, David Tepper gave me enough time. He gave me two years. That was cool. It was a complete rebuild, but he gave me two years. He gave Matt Rule way more time than everybody else wanted him to. Matt Rule, people wanted gone after the second season, and he gave him a third year, five weeks in, it wasn't turning around, and so he got fired. Frank Reich, not a lot of time. Is anybody upset that Frank Reich got fired? I didn't see Panthers fans mad that he did get fired. It was more so Frank Reich wasn't the right guy in the first place. And so what happens is, at least you get rid of Frank Reich if you think he is one of the reasons as to why they're losing on top of some of the other guys in the coaching staff, and then you get rid of all of them, you bring in somebody with new culture, and now Bryce Young can hopefully hop on to that, and then we can see the Panthers have success.
2: Yeah, man. So hopefully, like I said, that, that positivity could definitely get this team uh, to other levels. But when we come back on the Western Walker Show, we're going to play Deal or No Deal with your host, Walker Mayo, on Sports Radio 92.7 <laughs> oh, okay. WFNZ. Right. Not
0: as excited. <laughs> and Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. My mom just texted me. What's she say? About the Charlotte Hornets. She's a big Tar Heel fan after, you know, I was such a fan growing up. Dang, mama. And I, that's just how it is. She's a huge Tar Heel fan, okay? And she just texted me, and with an exclamation point on the end, Leaky started for the Hornets. Leaky Black got his first, got, got his first start last night. When in reality... It just, it all depends on what end of the spectrum you're looking at, right? If you're a Carolina fan, then that's great. You love seeing Leakey start. If you're a Hornets fan, then that means something horribly, went horribly, horribly wrong. And that's no slight to Leakey, who's actually playing a lot better than I thought he would. There's a reason Steve Clifford's going to him. Yes, mostly because of injuries, but also because Leakey is willing to play defense. And that's why he got the start last night. So good for him. I didn't expect him to play this season. I thought he was going to be in Greensboro quite a bit, but it also does show you, yeah, man, Hornets are down bad with all these injuries, and at least Leaky gets a shot. So, in order to continue to talk about the Charlotte Hornets, I thought we could play some deal or no deal. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bring it in. I always knew Leaky was going to find his way to the NBA. I thought so too. Howie Man Mel, if you will. Oh, here to I like host, that. Deal or no Who do you deal? want us to be,
2: though? You say you want impressions. Who do you want us to
0: be? Well, you guys are going to be Mitch Kupchak. And then you guys have to say whether this should be a deal or no deal.
2: Okay, I'll try my best, man. You're hard act to follow with that, though.
0: On, on some of these deals that we have, and these are proposed by different NBA writers, media outlets, or whatever. And so let's go with the one that's picking up the most steam because Jake Fisher, who we've had on the show of Yahoo Sports, also wrote the tanking book that is out there you can go find. Here's what Jake Fisher proposed as a potential trade, because this thing actually might be real. He said the Hornets would receive Josh Akogi, Nas Little, and two second-round picks from the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Miles Bridges. I'll say it one more time. Josh Akogi, Nas Little, two second-round picks in exchange for Miles Bridges. Mr. Mitch Kupchak, deal or no deal?
2: Well, uh, you know... I don't know if I want want those two ACC bumps. I mean, those two uh, ex-ACC players. I know Michael would love for Nas Little uh, to be here. And uh, the two second-round picks, you know I love the second-round picks, man. So I'm always here for that. But I want (laughs) to see if I can get maybe just a little bit more uh, for Miles. (laughs) Okay. So you're saying no deal. You're saying no deal. No deal. deal, No deal at all.
0: All right, Mitch Kupchak, Mm. no deal with the Suns trade. Fitty slash different Mitch Kupchak, Marlowe. Are you doing the deal for Josh Okogie, Nas Little, two second-round picks in exchange for Miles Bridges?
1: Uh. <laughs>
2: you sound like you're cold and you're yeah, trembling. Sounds that, that like he's dying. He's not, uh.
3: You know, Mr. Dealer. Uh, yeah, I grew up in the ACC. Nas Little. Grew up in the ACC. Josh, a, 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 a Kogi. Okay, a Kogi. I like hoagies. Uh, yeah, he hoagies played my in my favorite a- sandwiches. He played in the ACC. More importantly, two first round or two second round picks. More like uh, a first round pick, if you ask me. Yes, we, we, we make the deal. Did
0: <laughs> you say a hoagie? You're, you're training for a hunt. I like
2: hoagies. I got this. Favorite sandwich shop that sells me or Am I trading for that? Nas Little just isn't big enough. Mm.
3: He's Little, like his last name. Little. <laughs> Get it?
0: This is terrible. Mitch Kupchak is confused somewhere listening to the show. Mitch, is that you? <laughs> yeah, Mitch. It's me. I'll just back off. All right, Sam Bassini. <laughs> Sam Bassini had this one. That was a trade proposed by Jake Fisher, which apparently is something Phoenix is trying to do for Miles Bridges. Here's one proposed by Sam Bassini, a couple of them. January 25th, he put this out there. It's a deal with the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks would receive Gordon Hayward, while the Hornets receive Grant Williams, Rashawn Holmes, and Omax Prosper. One more time. Dallas receives Gordon Hayward. Hornets receive Grant Williams, Rashawn Holmes, and Omax Prosper. Prospect out of Marquette. That was drafted, I believe, early second round, maybe late first. Mitch Kupchak. We'll start with you, Biddy, Mitch Kupchak. Deal or no deal?
3: Yeah, um, you know, since I became the GM and looking to move uh, that <laughs> god awful trade we we or that deal that we signed Gordon Hayward to, um, and you know to get a guy like what'd you say, Prosper? Omax Prosper. You know, Omax Prosper. You, you prosper here in Queen City. There you go. We bring Grant Williams back home. Uh, can't believe Roy Williams didn't recruit him to Carolina, but he could damn sure play for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, yeah, we make the deal, two for two.
0: That that impression was leaking into just Fiddy with a cold. Right. We could hear Fiddy's voice behind that. What do you have, Wes? <laughs> Gordon Hayward for Grant Williams, Rashawn Holmes, and Omax Prosper.
2: I love to prosper in life, but I don't want Omax Prosper on my roster, okay? But when I look at Grant Williams at defensive rate in a 120.4, I can't do that. And, <laughs> and only eight points a game. Uh, he is a good shooter, but I'm looking for three and D guys, not just three guys, okay? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to say no deal on that, too. Ah, man, if it's for Gordon ass! unless you want to bring him back, I might do it.
0: All right, but Mitch kupchaks they're not doing it. Uh, you're, you're, you're doing it, Fiddy, you yeah. said. Yeah, okay. okay. I
3: bring bring Holmes home. Get it? Holmes, home, Holmes. I've gotten
0: it every single time you've asked me if I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another one from Sam Bassini with Toronto. The Raptors would receive Kyle Lowry. Speaking of coming back home, mm. Kyle Lowry goes back to Toronto. This is in exchange for Dennis Schroder, Chris Boucher, and a draft pick. Kyle Lowry for Dennis Schroder, Chris Boucher, and a draft pick. Wes, we'll start with you. Deal or no deal if you're Mitch Kupchak.
2: Well, the thing I look at is that uh, Dennis Schroeder is one of those guys who lacks big self-awareness. He still okay. wants his own team, and he's got to know when he comes here. This is LaMelo's team, okay? It's not your team. Schroeder, Schrader, whatever. Only Schrader I remember is Jay Schrader for the Raiders, the quarterback, okay? I don't want a guy coming in here thinking this is his team. You're going to be my backup, uh, backup point guard. And if you can't deal with that, I can't do it. No deal.
0: Hank Schrader, thinking about your boy, Hank Schrader. There's another Schrader for you. Um, do you like this deal, Mr. Mitch Kupchak, Kyle Lowry, Dennis Schroeder, Chris Boucher, playing against the North Carolina Tar Heels in what was an epic Final Four game, also a draft pick.
3: Oh, you, you, you know, you know, Mr. Dealer. There's something beautiful about Mr. Uh, about going home. I think Kyle Rowley, Lowry would like to go back two to six, hang out with Drake, and, and lose some more games up there in Toronto. But I don't think I can make this deal because you didn't disclose what round of a pick it was. Okay. And uh, I don't even know who the second guy in the deal was. It would be a second. It would be a second. (laughs) Wait, you don't know who
0: uh, Chris Boucher is? He played for Oregon. On that team that got
3: beat by North Carolina. Oregon, Oregon. I was. Where was I in that April? I don't know.
0: Where were you going with that? Uh, I don't, I think you're Oregon from this segment. All right, final one. Let's go to this one. Uh, this one is one of the more interesting deal. I don't know where this came from, but this was kind of floated out there as a potential deal the Hornets could make. The Golden State Warriors would receive Gordon Hayward. The Hornets would receive Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payton II. So Gordon Hayward, in exchange for Andrew Wiggins, and Gary Payton, the second. Fiddy. After that Oregon debacle, <laughs> we're going to give you the mic one more time. Deal or no deal if you're Mitch Kupchak?
3: Oh, Mr. Dealers, you yeah. saved your best for last. I, I get a great two-way player that was an integral part of integral Seth's uh, Steph's fourth championship. And then I get Glove Jr. I get GP2, big part <laughs> of what that team, and a guy can finally play defense for Steve Clifford. Boy, five. It's like a Boston. <laughs> <act>. <laughs> Where, this thing <laughs> has all over the place.
0: <laughs> Finish up, what you got there, Mitch? You doing yeah, deal or no deal? I make the deal. Okay. All right, that that's Boston, Fitty, Mitch Kupchak, Skater. Mm. Well, let's go to a different Mitch Kupchak. Are you saying deal for this, landing Andrew Wiggins?
2: Uh, Andrew Wiggins has fallen off a lot. He looks really soft out there. I know he's been having girl problems, a lot of rumors going yeah. around with that man, and I think his heart is just gone. I think it's been taken like Shane Toussaint from Mortal Kombat. So oh, no. uh, I'm going to pass up on him. I think he's a shell of himself, and uh, I don't want any softies around here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, big, big contract for him. You're talking about $26 million. Not to mention that,
2: too. That's too much money.
0: It's a lot of money.
2: Why couldn't you keep your girl? You got all that money. Oh no.
0: We need to move on quickly. (laughs) Do it for Wes and Walker's deal or no deal with a couple of Mitch Kupchaks in the Planet Kia studio. One more hour to go. We start with the Live Wire coming up next. Hear from Dave Canales, who joined Mac and Bone, and Dan Morgan, who joined Kyle Bailey yesterday. It's a star-studded couple of shows we'll get to on the other side of the break
2: well everything that we you know every answer they got we got to every every question